You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Half hour! Hello, and welcome to Half Hour, an entertainment podcast through Two Worlds Entertainment. I'm Jeff. And I'm Richie. And we're here to bring you the casual conversation on these shows, films, music that we hear and consume throughout our careers. So today we're going to be bringing you our next pop episode, which features music from the first half of September 2022, entering our fall season of pop music. Mm. And lots of fun things are coming up. But I wanted to start with our artist spotlight um first of our fall which is miss rina sawayama she just released her new album hold the girl which is her sophomore follow-up to her debut album sawayama nice so i'm gonna give the listeners and mr richie a little bit of a background on rina and Mm -hmm. how she got started and then we'll kind of go through the album here so just so everyone knows, Rena was born in 1990, so interesting now that we're having pop stars around the same age of, as us uh-huh. and younger, but uh-huh. um, and she moved to London at the age of five. She was born in Japan, and she was raised by her single mother, and her adolescence was kind of a bit of like a little bit of a rebel-ish thing. She rebelled a little bit, and she would sneak out of the house. She would go to indie concerts. <laughs> so I find that really interesting for her career, because Jump to 2017, she released a mini album titled Rena. She built a fan base on her own, which then led, for, led to Rena uh, signing to the label Dirty Hit, which is also home of the band 1975, if anyone was putting those two, two things together. But she released her, and then she released her debut album, Sabayama, in 2020. So interesting enough, I find her debut came out right at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it went on to be very, it, like, the critics loved it, mm-hmm. and it went on to be successful in that space. And now in 2022, we have her releasing her uh, sophomore album. Hold the girl. Yes. So um, I can give my thoughts, or you want to give your thoughts first on the album? Uh, yeah, I can just start quick and say that I thought it was nice. I think she has a nice sound to her. She sounds good. I think her vocal quality is really good, and I like the way she sounds. Some of her songs are a little slow and a little, um, mm-hmm. I don't want to say boring, a little, like a little, okay, like I might skip it. You know, mm-hmm. she has a few good songs. I wouldn't say I like the album as a whole, but I like a few of the pieces. I think she's probably entertaining to watch live and i think that she has a nice voice. i think she has a good quality to her voice yeah i i can agree with a lot of that but i also think i i wanted to highlight rena because i thought she's kind of unique in this space she's japanese with a british accent born uh, living in london and she has kind of really adapted that indie pop sound mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where she really takes a lot of influences from let's say, 90s garage band, alternative. She takes country music, British indie music, uh, and a lot of 2000s pop rock. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she kind of blends all of those things. And I find that to be super creative when it comes to her music. And there's a lot of catchy hooks and a lot of catchy, almost kind of, I would say, verging on samples in her music. That I think, especially when you have something like... um, 
this hell with, yeah. which, you know, has that country bop to yeah, that yeah, really, yeah. Let, let's go girls, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Shania Twain. So I think, yeah, there's a couple of her songs like This Hell, um, Hold the Girl. There's some of those songs that I definitely really like more. Some of them ones that are in the middle, like The Imagining, Hurricanes, Phantom, they kind of all blend for me. There's nothing that really stands out too much. I like some of her singles more than maybe the album as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. But she has a nice voice. And that's kind of funny because what I'm seeing on TikTok right now, which is a fun fact for you, the fans of Rena are not liking the single rollout oh. to the album. They think that the songs on the album are actually better than some of the single choices. Oh, I don't, I, I'm the opposite, I guess. And I think that's probably because, I don't know, I find with sometimes fans, when you're a fan of something from the beginning, you kind of like want to own it and be like, I, I was a fan first mm-hmm. before she mm-hmm. becomes really this mainstream it girl you know and i think the way the label looks at something like this and it's like oh this song is catchy enough to maybe get some radio airplay or and this one's probably not but it could be really successful on the album and the Mm -hmm. fans are gonna like it so i see that a lot with labels kind of saying "Mm, let's release this Think about like Taylor Swift when she had the Lover album and they released me as the lead single right, off the album. Right. And they were like, were like <laughs> Yes, right. And everyone was like, wait, wait, wait. Right. There are way better songs yeah. on this album. And they released me. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? Because it's catchy and it's a bop. And I think you have to appeal as an artist to more people than just, you know, what maybe your best songwriting songs are. Because I do think there's a lot of great lyrics on this Hold the Girl album, but maybe the song might not be as catchy enough for, Mm -hmm. you know, radio play. So I just find that. And I I also think what's interesting is that she's releasing this music pre-pandemic, during pandemic, and then even as we're further into the pandemic now. Like, there's over a few years here, I don't feel like there's really... There's no formula. There's no, oh my gosh, everyone who released music during the pandemic is flopping right now. Or everybody that's released music during the pandemic is a hit right now. Mm-hmm. It, there's no, it, it's, you would have thought it would have been one or the other. Like, oh, if you took that risk, it didn't work. Or if you took that risk, it did work. And instead it's like, no, it really just comes down to how you did it, when you did it, where, you know, what you did with it. What you did with it, I guess is actually, I'll repeat that. What, what, what that really matters because... Did you use it on TikTok and social media? And did you use the song? And did you try to do digital stuff? And now you're doing a live concerts or, or mm-hmm. did you just release music and let it sit? You know, some people did. So releasing pre-pandemic and during pandemic is interesting to me. And that's what's really interesting with her too, because she became popular during the pandemic and she has now created a album for post-pandemic yeah yeah you know i think we're now going to start getting these artists that are releasing for post-pandemic yeah you know think of someone like taylor swift she released two albums during the pandemic for the pandemic and now she's getting ready to release the post-pandemic album right and carly ray jepson's getting ready to release the Mm post-pandemic album Mm -hmm. and blackpink just released their post-pandemic so Remember, we had this conversation recently and we were like, I think we're kind of done with those pandemic albums and people are getting ready to create entertainment for a post-pandemic world. Yes. And Rena has been quoted saying this herself, too. She didn't get to really tour her first album. She didn't get to have that moment of saying, "Okay, I made this successful album and... 
I want a tour right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I want people. That's when you feel that as a, as an artist. That's when you feel how people really received your music. And now she's doing two albums, kind of together at the same time because she's going to be going on her UK tour first and then she's going to end up here in November um, in America doing the tour as well and I know she's played a few shows here and there which probably played a lot of the Soyama music but now we're on to the next album Mm. so now she really gets to say okay I get to play venues and I get to see how artists you know really receive my music and feel that feeling and emotion with them right so it's really interesting um you know, and there's a couple of artists like that too. Think of someone like Olivia Rodrigo mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. Released an album, had great success during a pandemic, and she even said it herself. She was not going to play big arenas yet because she needed to have that feeling of what it's like to be in an intimate space. Mm-hmm. I get it. All of these pop stars do that. You know, Britney Spears started out in a mall tour mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. now and then went on to play arenas. Yeah. You know, Lady Gaga ended up playing small clubs to playing a stadium. You know, right. everyone should be able to get onto that journey, I think. And, and with the help, right? Because it says you have a fun fact that uh, there was some help that she has oh, uh, yeah. received a little bit. Uh, a fun fact is that... Uh, Rena is kind of mentored and really good friends with Elton John, and he kind of, you know, helps guide her way in her music career, and she has been quoted saying that Elton John is always willing to help me. He's really just amazing. And that's nice to hear that, too, when you see what Elton John had worked on with Britney Spears this summer, mm-hmm. and what you what Elton John's doing with Rena. It's like, where are some other people when they hit that stat status of... You know where where are the, where is I'm not saying people like Billy Joel or Madonna or Bruce Springsteen or some of those people around his time are not doing things, but because right. they are doing things in their own way. But we're, I mean, Elton John's writing musical after musical after musical. He's helping young performers. I think that's great that you still see him maybe taking more of a role as a mentor and a composer as opposed to maybe live performer anymore. I think that's nice. You know, yeah, and I think that's a, a great point because it's like a difference of saying, oh being more of a mentor and helping young pop stars in the industry versus just kind of using them for clout. Mm. You know, sometimes I see older pop stars that, you know, feature a younger artist because they're having a moment right now. Mm. And to me, that's a little bit like, okay, like what, what are you doing with that artist? Are you just using them to get ahead? Or are you? Well, then I will also say something and I'll even put this name out there. When you look at someone like Barbara Streisand and you say, I always got to bring her up in an episode. (laughs) Where, where, where was her moment of, I'm going to come to one rehearsal of Funny Girl on Broadway in a closed environment with no press, and I'm going to talk, I'm going to look Julie Benko in the eye and Beanie Feldstein in the eye and Leah Michelle. Now I'm going to, I'm going to talk to them about this character. I'm, I'm the only person who's ever played this on Broadway. <laughs> or no, she had understudies and stuff too, but way back when. But if I'm the only person who played this role and then did it in the film and it's never been on Broadway since, where was that? I'm going to mentor the new Fanny Bryce and see that to me was a complete missed opportunity mm-hmm. uh, not go sh- go up on the red carpet and make it about me I'm saying go and do what Elton John's doing helping Rina Sawayama's career like that's amazing stuff and, and, and obviously if you're healthy and willing and able but you know Barbara just did a concert a few years back she's touring still and she makes her appearances mm-hmm. when she wants so come on Barbara be the Elton you know anyway leave, I just had to say that leave the <laughs> ego at the door there we go <laughs> well I do think um it, just to go down the album I I you know I'd give this album probably an A minus okay I wouldn't say it's a perfect album. I think it's a great album. It's not a sophomore slump album. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just to wrap it up, I had some favorite songs on this album. This Hell, which I think is easily be going to become a gay anthem mm. um, for the community. Yeah. 
I really, really liked the song Holy. I'm going to play this song for you over and over again, because I think if you listen to the lyrics, the way that religion kind of has its grip on the LGBTQ community and what she's saying in this song, it's Mm, perfect. Um, Imagining Hurricanes, Phantom, To Be Alive, and Hold the Girl, I think are great songs. I will say Hold the Girl, yes. We're ending with Hold the Girl for a reason. Because we're transitioning over to the next part of our segment here, which is... Key changes. And I have one last thing to say. I have one last thing to say about Hold the Girl. I saw someone's TikTok talking about this song and how they think that Hold the Girl could have been a perfect song because it has so many great things, but that they hate the chorus drop. They think that it's, like, not right. It oh. doesn't make sense. But I think the chorus drop works. It's funky. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I just had to throw that well, in there. Well, I love but, hearing a key change in a pop song, a modern pop song. I mean, we talk about key changes. We always hear it in a Broadway musical. And pop, we think of 80s and 90s mm-hmm. having a lot of key changes. We haven't heard a ton of key changes in the last 10 or 15 years of music. So to hear that is great. Yeah. yeah. When we first heard this key change, I think we both looked at each other I was like, and we Whoa. said, I love a good key change. I think <laughs> we it's said, a really okay, smart. Okay, Rena. <laughs> yeah. It's a smart tactic when you want to build to usually the key change is to move the emotion up a little bit. Yeah. We're, we're getting to the point of the song. Oh, we got, we got a minute to go. It's usually at the end of a ballad of a musical theater piece or an, an emotional move that moves you to that key change. Mm-hmm. And I think it worked in this song for sure. Totally. Yeah. And it's, just move, let's move this conversation into the key changes yes. then. Because the ultimate question here is, why do we love a key change? I think we love a key change because if you've never heard a song before, it does surprise you. If you know a key change is coming, it even still surprises you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's just a moment where if you see a song kind of sitting in a plateau, it just bumps it up a little bit more. And if it's matched with a really great orchestral or instrumental in a pop song, and it's also matched with a great lyric. Yeah. You just put that together in a big stew and stir it up, and that's a great moment. I think it, yeah, it makes the song exciting. It makes the song unique. And a lot, you know, people submit music to us all the time to listen to now. Yeah. And I always respond to some of them, and I say, the song is almost there, but it's missing something unique. Sometimes when you just kind of, flat line along in the the pop song and you're like okay i think i got it uh-huh. it's like you just need that one little thing to make it memorable yeah yeah exactly. and a key change for me i think really does that and i i don't know if key changes ever really stood out to me until i met you oh yeah well okay okay <laughs> and after meeting you and you're like that's a key change and i'm like a key change what yeah and sometimes they're so subtle some of them are boom in your face yeah. really loud and some of them are so subtle i have to go back and like whoa what key was that in and did it change key oh yeah it did or didn't you know because it's so subtle but i feel them, like we love playing that game yeah too. so there's different types of key changes as we know too there are i wrote down some different types of key changes that are very popular mm-hmm. in pop music and i have like an example for each one but you know and you probably know some of these terms more well than i do but you know for example um step up modulation backstreet boys is i want it that way yeah. has that in mm-hmm. there, you that's know? an iconic moment and that i feel like is like a typical kind of mm-hmm. way to do mm-hmm. a key change right dun, 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 boom right key change. and then and usually a lot of times it's on to the next chorus when we're in when we're finishing a bridge mm-hmm. a lot of times it's a bridge into a chorus or a second lyric into a chorus like you're you're going into the maybe the final time of the chorus usually that's yes. just a standard um um template but it doesn't always have to be right 
And then you have something like a step-down modulation, which Derek and the Dominoes have in Layla, which this is more like rock, so... It's more of a chill vibe when that happens. Usually you're on the lyric and you it's like you're settling into the chorus and mm-hmm. you're back up and you settle down into the chorus when it's more of a relaxed backpedal kind of a vibe of a song. Um, when you're trying to get someone to push over, that's when the key goes up. When the key goes down, you're la- laying back into a chill groove. And yeah. that one we you probably, don't hear that a lot. Yeah, but I was going to say, we don't really hear this No, you lot. don't hear that Because does it do the same, does it have the same impact, do you think? It only, to me, it only does if it's a vibe. If it's chill, calm. It, 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 it has an impact not as much as going up the key. Hmm. Going down... You very rarely hear that. Mm. And it's only because you're just in a really chill kind of, like, I don't know what else is way to describe it. Chill <laughs> groove kind of, like a song like that. Got you know? it. Okay. You're not going to hear a key go down in the middle of like a big dance club somewhere or in a ballad or something, you know. You're not going to so, hear it go down and I want to dance. It's no, no, no. Which is the pivot chord, right? Well, Next no, the pivot chord is. Uh, oh, no, that's I Will Always Love You. That's all. Yes. Pivot the chord. big pivot chord is Whitney Houston's I Will Always yes. Love You. That's which boom. is a cover. And, uh, and that really comes out of nowhere. When the key is just, it's almost like the orchestra stops. And then she has to find it kind of on her own yeah. without them giving her the note. Key changes are hard for vocalists sometimes. Well, not her. Well, not her. Because that's yes. iconic. Yes. <laughs> but it's sometimes hard to find it. A lot of times in musical theater, the orchestra will build up. You'll kind of know it's coming. Yeah. It's not always with pop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, this one is interesting, and I wanted to bring this up, but a parallel key modulation. Yeah. You don't really kind of call this a key change, do you? It, it, it's... It's so subtle that it just, you hear it, it just kind of, it creeps in. I call it like the creep in key change, parallel key. Mo- yeah, it's just, key changes are so difficult. It's like, I feel like I would need to like continue having discussions of this with like music theory uh, experts and educators and stuff. Because it's such a theory based thing. It's about the actual key of the song. That sounds Ace of like, Base is so groovy like that. You that know? sounds like a big question to you know get music theory people in on yeah, with us because yeah, that's like what is your favorite key change style? Yeah, and by who? Yeah, right. You know, right. And these are all pop examples, but it's nice that pop music still does it. But we're using examples from all the different decades here, which is well, nice. the parallel key change thing, modula- modulation here. Ace of Base is the sign. I feel like I've said this one to you before, where I'm like. Is that a key change? And you're like, yeah. I don't know. I know. It's so hard to, I'd have to look, you know what I'd have to do? I'd have to look at the sheet music of it mm. and I'd have to examine the key from it. It's hard. My, my visual on music, I'm trained classically right. on piano my whole life. I've always been trained to class. So I read keys and music. And so I, my, my vision of sight reading and, and look in music sometimes is better than my ear. My ear is usually pretty good, but I usually would like to like look. So I should do that. I should look at a sheet music copy of it and be able to tell you exactly where the key changes are and what's happening. The other, but, so I'll TBD that until I look at the sheet music. <laughs> We're going to do that then. Yeah. Because there, there's another one. I, this was not on the list that I was looking at, but I always say, does Katy Perry's Roar have that key change in it? And you always are like, so. no. That's another one I'd have to really But it's kind at. of like the same style as that ace of bass, that parallel key. It could be changing... The, or the instrumental could be changing. Right. I, I have to look. I just don't know enough about it to speak on it, but I would have to look on certain it's examples fine. like that. Sometimes when there's a clear key change, it's very clear, right. you know? And like the big leap on Jovi's Living on a Prayer. I mean, another That's iconic. And another one change. I thought of is Michael Jackson's Man in the Mirror. There's a yes. really big one in that. Yeah, that's, that's a the, big. The, 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 make the change, and it goes way up there. Yeah, that's a big one. Would you say that's a big leap? Or it could would you be. Say it could be a pivot chord, pivot chord too. I'd have to, like I said, 
I gotta have all my sheet music in front of me. I'm such a sheet music person. <laughs> well, I wrote down some of my favorite key changes, and I'm sure that you wrote down some of your yes, favorite I key did. changes. But I mean, here are some of the classics for me. We have Whitney Houston's "I Want to Dance with Somebody." Yes, I mean, it. come on, that's iconic. Mm-hmm. Beyonce's "Love on Top." The amount of key oh, changes. Oh, there's multiple. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, in that can song. she do one more? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty amazing. That one is iconic for that alone. Celine Dion's "My Heart Will Go On." Come on, iconic. And Taylor Swift. Love story. Yes. I mean, that one too, in like recent pop days, I think is iconic, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift loves a key change. So, yes, love you know, that. I love Yeah, that. she does. Some, oh, she has a really nice one. Saw you. What's the song? You'll know it. Oh my gosh. Saw you at the party. And she goes into Betty. the. Yes. And she does, I believe, go into a really nice key change yeah. in that song. Yep. 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 Yeah. Um, that's great. Broadway key changes. I have a few. Got Broadway. A few Broadway with this. So many. And I could go on and on and on. But, um, <laughs> An uppy one, nicest kids in town. Hairspray has a really cool one. Mm-hmm. Um, so much better. The act one finale of Legally Blonde. Mm-hmm. She, I think it's when she goes, "I'll even dress in black and white," and that's when I'm like, "Oh, there is the lyric." Like she never dresses in black and white. The key change happens when she says she's going to do something and make herself better. Right? Love that. In my life, a ballad from Les Mis. Uh, I believe it's Cosette. Um, is a nice one. Wishing you were somehow here again from Phantom when she goes, "Wishing you were so." And, oh, and it was oh. a big orchestral, beautiful key change in that. Poor Phantom. Poor Phantom. I know. Oh my gosh. I don't want to talk about that right now. It's so sad. It's closing. I can't um, believe we just did the podcast. On I Phantom know. Too. I know. And, and, it, and, it, and we just saw it. We, and right we just before, saw it. I'm glad we saw it when we did, I guess, because now it's going to be probably a hot ticket to get in the next few months. But. Broadway's never going to want us to come see their long-running shows oh anymore. Because we were like, um, this show's going to run forever. And then, Yeah. <laughs> Also, I have um, – there's a few key changes in Astonishing from Little Women, Sutton Foster's Act 1 finale from that. There's um, it, It's really nice. There's a few in that song. And then I will say in a comedic moment, another Sutton Foster moment, when she sings Show Off from the Drowsy Chaperone and she sa- she's saying, I don't want to show off anymore, but she is showing off. And to change a key kind of is a show off. She's like, I don't want to change keys no more. And she changes the key. It's a great, great musical theater comedy moment. So those are just a few of my favorite probably key change moments. There's, a, there's so many out there. I, I'm missing so many, but these are just the ones that came to my mind. Love it. Love it. Well, we want to know all of your favorite pop music key changes. And for the Broadway fannies out there, let's hear all of your favorite Broadway key changes. Because, yes. you know, there are plenty in in Broadway writing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Especially there. Yeah, it's good. So we're getting close to the end here, but I wanted to, I recently got to see Florence and the Machine. Yes, how was that? I was not there. How was the concert? Richie was not there. I have some questions for you. We, um, I tend to see more concerts without Richie than with (laughs) Richie. Listen, to see every concert that comes to New York and every Broadway show that comes to New York, that's a lot of money. (laughs) It's okay. I try to get to some of them. There are some concerts I'm coming to that I'm really excited for. And the Broadway shows we try to both see because we talk about them a lot on our podcast. Don't worry. Richie is coming to two big ones. He's coming to Lizzo and he's coming to Carly Rae Jepsen. Yes, I'm going. And I love lots of thoughts on the two of them. But I do have my concert buddies for when I – Go on my own. So I did get to see Florence in the Machine. So what would you like to know? I would like to know, you know, a lot of times when we see singers and performers, I say, is that, are they more of a singer or are they more of an entertainer? So in your opinion, would you say Florence in the Machine is more of a I stand here and I sing like a Celine Dion? Mm. Or is this more of a I'm entertaining, I'm dancing, I'm singing, I'm with the audience? Where would she kind of fall in that spectrum? I think she falls in the middle oh, okay. as more of just a performer overall. She... 
definitely sings at the mic a lot and, you know, really feels the emotion of her show. But she still performs. She doesn't just stand there. Okay. You know, she runs around the stage and she ran into the crowd at certain points. And it was just it was a great experience. I was on the floor at oh, MSG. Great. so. Nice. You know, it's really a different experience being on the floor and versus being in the seats in sure. an arena. Uh, you just you feel the heart of that show pumping and you get to meet people there. We met these two girls. It was a lot of fun. And yeah, her, her show was just great. You know, minimal set, but beautiful set. The lighting was great and she was great. And she dances a little bit. No, funky. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Funky dancing. Nice. Does she have backup dancers? No, no. no, no. It's really just her no. and the band. Really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah, no. Her music is not like... Right, like that. Like yeah. bring out choreographed numbers. Right, right. But Great. Yeah, so well, that was... good. That. I'm glad you enjoyed that. That's great. She's great. She's really great. She has yeah. some good songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah Check great. it out, check it out. Yes, love that. <laughs> um, but yes, I did want to say we have some great things coming up in the pop space. We have... That we're going to be seeing Carly Rae yeah, next we're week. Carly, we like, love Carly Rae. So we'll she's be my girl. Chatting about that, and we'll be seeing Lizzo coming yeah, up. Love her. And we have some great um, pop music coming out soon, especially with Miss Taylor Swift, who last night she well. Yes, last night she announced on her TikTok that she's going to be revealing. She's starting a TikTok series where she's revealing the track list to her new album, album, but doing it bingo style. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) Anytime the ping pong ball comes out. Oh. A number is going to come out. And that's the track number. And that's the track that she's going to say. What was last night's? Do you remember? Um, I'm putting you on the spot. (laughs) <laughs> it's okay we'll have we'll talk about it. i'm sorry i'm asking this but we'll talk about uh, it. no i remember i think midterms okay so someone has this whole theory that the whole album is going to be m track uh, titles mm-hmm. because the album's midnight and mm-hmm. then this one's and she's calling it midnight mayhem this cool. series that oh she's cool doing. good and that album comes out soon right october 21st okay so we have about another month oh a month from today yeah cool. so well, look we're at recording that. this on the 21st yeah mm-hmm. so um great all right uh-huh. cool Oh, oh my gosh, we're running out of time already. It's we're running out of time. time. Guess what a time it is. It's time for Bop Oh, be ready for me today flop. on Bop or Flop because some <laughs> last few weeks I've been, oh, Bop, 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 Bop. We'll see about today. Here we go. Here we go. Bop number one, Carly Rae Jepsen talking to yourself. Bop, always Bop. She's the Bop. And I love her and everything she does. We saw her in concert a few years ago. Seeing her again, I love this song. Yes. She's amazing to me. I really, really enjoy her. We were getting a little worried there, Carly, that we were not getting the Bop, Bop, Bop yes. that we wanted. Yes. But here we go. Bop Queen is back with it. Yep. Um, yes. Yay. Next, Blackpink Shutdown. Not sure how I feel about this. A little hmm. cusp for me. Um, I love the violin. Okay. She's a nice... Whoever's playing that violin in that song is great. It just doesn't really land for me. Maybe i got to listen to it a few more times. It's cusp for me. I thought it, I put this one on here because I thought it was going to be nice and theatrical for you. It is a little, but I don't know. It, there's something that's not sticking yet for me. I think I just got to listen to it more. Yeah. I also put this on here because K-pop the musical is coming and... This, I'm really intrigued to know what the K-pop musical is going to like, sound yeah, like. Yeah. Because K-pop is so wide, yeah. range sounding, and I love Blackpink in the K-pop space. So yeah, we'll if see. the music's going to be I'm anything like this, it. you know. I, I'm, I'm just I'm not sure yet. It's cusp. It's cusp. It's fine. It could be cusp. I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah. 
right. Uh, next, Daya, See You in My Dreams. This I put as a bop. I really like this. this of course, is a it's nice, a bop. Yes, it's a good one. Well, okay, yes. Because <laughs> after, after Carly, she's bop queen number two. Yeah, yeah it's great. <laughs> I really enjoy the song. I do. And it kind of bopped right away for me. So, mm. yes, I did like that. Yes. Next, Carly... Uh, <laughs> Kelly Clarkson and Dolly Parton's 9 to 5. So I'm a huge fan of the original 9 to 5 by Dolly Parton. This is cusp for me because I don't think of it as a bop. I think of it as something like kind of sad. Mm -hmm. The song was completely reworked, I guess, for lack of a better word, right? Into something very like just poignant. Mm -hmm. And I can't – I don't know how successful this is going to be. I love that they took it in a new direction. I can't consider it a bop. I wouldn't put this on and be like, woo. Like, it's kind of sad now, but the original's bop. I like that they came together and did this. I think they both sound great on it. I just, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. I was hoping that the two of them were going to do a really upbeat, like, groovy, belty 9 to 5. And I was like, oh, this is really sad. It kind of talks about, like, the sadness of working 9 to 5. Yeah. Um, And and how maybe a lot of people really... Struggle with it. You know, you don't ever th- never think of it like that. Long ago, it was like, oh, I'm working nine to five. This is my life. And now it's like, oh, there's some tragedy associated with that. So, yeah. interesting. All these years later, she, she did that uh, with Kelly. So, yeah. I probably would say it's cusp, too, because it cusp. was unexpected. Yeah. I think. Um, but they both sound great. They're both great. Yeah. And bop doesn't always have to mean like you're going to bop to it. Of bop course. More just means like, like is it a hit yeah. or is it no, not? No, I hear you. And actually, it's getting kind of mixed mm. reviews. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't what people wanted. Yeah, yeah. So. And the last song? <laughs> Megan Trainer, Don't I Make It Look Easy. So this, I find, you know what? I got to say, nope. And I'm going to tell you why. This girl is constantly releasing the same 60s chord progressions and just changing the lyrics. I'm going to say it. Megan Trainer is a lot more talented than this. And I'm kind of getting a little sick and tired of hearing the same thing all the time. It sounds just like all about that bass. I hear this voice that is being, like, held back. Mm-hmm. Girl, let's go. Like, what is this? You have been around quite a long time now. I like your 60s bop, but it's the same chord progressions. I'm hearing the same chords from the 1960s. It, like, yeah, sing like that if that's what you like. I love that you kind of reinvent that sound for a modern day. We got to hear a ballad. Mm-hmm. We got to hear an up-tempo that's maybe a little more rock or a little more pop techno or something. We got to – I'm not saying change yourself. I'm saying give us something different once in a while. This is cusp for me. And I like the song, but I'm like, oh, it's like the eighth time we're hearing this. Mm-hmm. Come on. I just mm, – not sure how I feel about it. And I like her. And that's what's sad about it is I'm passionate about that. Because I wouldn't that. even put it cusp. I think it's a flop. Ugh. Yeah, I threw this yeah. one on here to kind of yeah. fuck you. It's too safe. I, it's too safe. It's, it's like, really, where I are find it to be really you? safe for Megan. I, you know what? She definitely has great potential in this industry. She had, yeah. you know, some great songs. And I just don't know who's guiding her in this direction. And it's, she's, I, she's I wonder really if she plateauing. has the mentality of like, if it's not broke. You know, yeah, so. I just, uh, to but me, it's I like, feel like it's getting there. It's like all about that bass was awesome. It mm-hmm. was so 60s, but in a really modern, like, way. No, yeah. I, this is just a complete repeat. And I was like, what are you, what's going on here? You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Was mm-hmm. not happy with that. Yeah. And she's, and I'm only saying that because I have faith in her because I think she's really talented. As yeah. Sometimes I think people need to hear these things, yeah. like to be pushed harder. Yeah. Because, whether we say it's a flop or it's a bop, you know, the charts and the sales are going to 
you know, really be the one that To me, it's like when you look at someone like Adele, she's always doing a similar sound, but it's always a little different. Yeah, tweak it. Yeah, just tweak it. Tweak it. Add that little bit of spice. Yeah, it's just the same rhythm, the same chord progressions, the same, I'm like, oh my gosh, like really? Or do something completely different and shock everyone. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Well, look at that. Time is up. Time is up. So we wanted to thank you all for listening this week yes. and to go check out our TikTok and Instagram and join in on our conversations. We had a few questions in here for you, mm-hmm. but our at half hour podcast is our handle like comment, follow and come back each week as we will have more Broadway and pop. A lot episodes. more Broadway and a lot more pop. You're going to be quite busy this fall. After yes. holidays <laughs> with a lot of podcast content. Yes. So thanks again. I'm signing off for now. I'm Jeff. And I'm Richie. Ta-ta. Ta-ta. Bye-bye. <laughs>